Hey everyone, my name is Chad. I'm the pastor of Creekside Bible Church, and I want to thank you for tuning in to our latest sermon. It'll play in just a second, but before it does, I want to let you know why it's so different than our normal sermons. Uh, it's different primarily because I'm sitting on a couch and my wife is sitting next to me for most of it. And the reason for that is we've been having church outside this summer on our church's property. But because of the wildfires and the smoke they've brought into our area, uh, we had to cancel our in-person gathering today and we kind of had to pivot at the last minute. And so uh, our whole service was done with my family sitting on our couch in our living room. And this this sermon is gonna be reflective of that. So I just wanna let you know that. And while I have your attention, I wanna invite you to subscribe to our channel here. If you do that, you'll be notified when uh, new content comes up, specifically our sermons. Uh, and we'd love for you to connect and, and uh, you know, subscribe so that you can always know when we put out new sermons and other content. Thanks for watching again. I hope that this sermon will help you to learn and live more fully for the glory of God. I I'm not going to preach for a long time. And, and frankly, as I begin this, you should know that uh, this was a, a full in-person sermon that I created. <clears throat> uh, you know, we uh, we didn't know that the smoke was going to stick around so long, so we didn't cancel super early in the week. Um, but I wanted to share with you some of the things in this because I think it's really important uh, from this sermon. And uh, I, I'm not going to do a whole review of the sermons that I've done in this series already. That was planned for our in-person gathering. Uh, but today is you know, the last sermon, last whatever we're calling this little message uh, from God's word on the topic of faith. And it, it is the 10th in this sermon series. And so I hope that you've heard the other one. Uh, I hope that the other ones, if you haven't, go back and listen to them because in some ways, uh, I think each of them can stand alone, but they're all important together to get a kind of comprehensive picture of of what it means to live a life of faith. And that's what we've been talking about. I mean, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we read, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then in Hebrews 10.38, just before that, we see my righteous one will live by faith, live by faith. And we've been talking about what it means to live by faith. And we've seen a lot of uh, different and important things in the last nine or 10 weeks, however that works out. Uh, but today we kind of see the goal of living in faith. We've seen foundational things. We've seen, you know, like branches that come off of faith. We've seen, uh, you know, something about how it changes our attitudes and, and stuff like that. But today, really, I just want to focus on in this last story in the book of Luke, where Jesus, you know, talks about somebody's faith. I want to focus on, um, really, uh, what the goal of faith is, what the goal of faith is. Uh, and, and here it is, ready? I'm just going to tell you it up front right here. The goal of faith is to get to and glorify Jesus. The goal of faith is to get to and glorify Jesus. Here's how this story starts in Luke 18, 35 through 38. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this, there's more that I could talk about here, but the first thing that I just think is so essential in this, the thing that I love is that uh, there's this major difference in how the crowd refers to Jesus and how the blind man refers to Jesus. Uh, 
The crowd, when when this man says, who's coming by me right now, says, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And this blind man, in his response, says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what I love is, is this. The crowd pointed to where Jesus was born. The man pointed to who Jesus was. I think there's a major difference in faith between uh, having understanding uh, about Jesus, you know, the things that he did, uh, the things that he taught, some some facts about his life that you've maybe, you know, memorized from scripture or whatever. There's a difference between that and, and really understanding who Jesus is on a personal level. And here there's this giant crowd following Jesus and, and we kind of see because we know that they follow him and there's the triumphant entry, if you know that story, Palm Sunday, and, and a lot of them shout great things about Jesus, but then they don't follow him. Uh, when things get hard. And, and here's this man who, who does have a faith. And the difference between him and them is, is really that they know about Jesus and, and he really understands who Jesus is. And so I think our first principle that we learned from this story about, about faith is that, you know, faith really is driven. The engine that drives faith, if you will, is, is an understanding of who Jesus is, not just random facts about Jesus. It isn't, it isn't about knowing things about Jesus. It is about knowing Jesus. And that is the difference between this blind man and, and the other people uh, in the story. Did you get all that, Bryn? Bryn's coming back on. I forgot to hit record on the camera, but I guess that's we have a recording, so that's all right. No, um, I could not hear anything you were saying. Hazel so what mad. I was saying, Bryn, is go back and listen to the other sermons if you haven't heard them. And I know you barely listen to my sermons anyway. So uh, so there's that. It's hard. It's not a put down. It's just kids and, you know, she's doing work and stuff like that. Um, but but the, the second thing is in this story, there's the big difference between the crowd and the blind man is, is this weird? This is okay. It's weird. You should probably talk to the camera. The big, I'm going to talk to both. I'm going to just do this it's kind weird. of thing. The big difference between the blind man and the crowd is that the crowd just understood about Jesus well. Well, uh, well, the blind man really understood who Jesus was. Okay. And I think that's a separator in faith. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving on, moving on. The other thing that's really important is that this man asks for mercy. And I talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, but mercy is uh, from this Greek word that, that uh, is defined sometimes as to have the desire for relieving the miserable. It strives to relieve the distressed and does so if one is able. I think that's the difference. And and I think we know that from like the feeling we have towards our kids when they get hurt or you when they get sick, you like go into this panic mode kind of deal, like full on. Um, uh, and Bryn turns into like me with her worry when our kids get a little bit sick. And she, you were like this yesterday, Hazel's birthday party, in fact, because of the smoke. Um, uh, but but the, the idea of mercy is I think when you when you see your child sick and you just you just want to help them, you just want to help. Uh, I think about when you hear the difference in your, you, you know, one of our kids screams like, like uh, the difference between, uh, you know, the, the kind of they're just mad or whatever versus the really hurt and then just the desire to help instantly. And so when this guy, when this guy is crying out to Jesus for mercy, what he's really crying out to Jesus for is just for Jesus to care about him. And then if he is able and he understands he is able to do something about uh, the problem he has, which is being blind for this man. And then the story continues. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Big question, right? Like, why did the crowd 
uh, rebuke this man for crying out to Jesus. Bren, why did the crowd rebuke the man for crying out to Jesus? Um, this is not an interactive. Uh, well, I thought we were doing like an interactive I am not thing. in school on purpose. Uh, okay. No, thank you. Um, well, I'll answer then, you know, <laughs> since you're so curious right now, I'll answer. Um, I think that the simplest answer is that he was a despised and re- rejected person in their society. But, but one of the reasons for that might have been that people actually thought uh, that his blindness would have been caused by his sin or the sin of his parents. And you may know another story in John. I won't read it all to you, but but the disciples actually see a blind man in the story of John and they ask the question like, who sinned, this man or his parents? And coolly, uh, Jesus, coolly, uh, can I say that? Uh, in a cool way, Jesus just says neither, uh, but this is really so that God can be glorified and then he heals that man. But the, the culture in which Jesus lived thought that this man probably had done something so sinful, so against the will and nature of God that God had had condemned him and caused his blindness. Uh, but what's so cool, the, the even cooler part of this story, the cool part of the story is that, that the man is not deterred by the crowd rebuking him. So here's, you know, sitting on the side of the road, blind man, he can have trouble getting to Jesus anyway. There's a giant crowd. So who knows if Jesus is going to hear him, he yells out. And, and then it's like the crowd tries to shut him up. But like, he's not going to be stopped. He realizes he has to get to Jesus. And, and he, he basically screams. The, the word used um, by Luke to describe the scream is like one that's used for a raven. I know that's super weird. I don't even know what a raven sounds like. Like a crow out there doing its thing. Um, but it's used for like an animal screeching. Um, it's used for inarticulate cries or fear of pain. And here's the one that you're going to really connect with that I, I can't so much. Uh, but, but Matthew uses a word for this guy's screams uh, that that really uh, is used for a woman crying out in childbirth. And yeah, you can connect with that more than I me. I can connect with that yeah. one more than you. So so here, like you can see the desperation, right? Like you totally get it now, I know. Uh, you, you totally can see that this man is absolutely desperate to get to Jesus because he, he believes that Jesus is uh, the Messiah, the uh, the son of David, the Messiah, the one who can make things right, and he believes in Jesus' ability to heal him. And so again, the goal of faith is to get to and glorify Jesus. We'll see the glorify part in a second, but this man was just desperate to get to Jesus. And here's what happens next. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to receive my sight, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. So Jesus is like, hey, get that guy over here. And the book of Mark, which also talks about this guy and gives his name, Bartimaeus, uh, this is what it says, and I love this. It says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. I think that's so much like just, you know, more action oriented as Mark often is in, in how it tells the story, because this guy is not like, well, I guess I'm gonna go over there. He's like, bang, I'm like, I'm getting to Jesus and I'm getting to Jesus fast. And again, it shows how desperate this man is in his faith to just get to Jesus. He's just like, I will scream, I will yell, I will throw away my cloak, which by the way, was probably like his beggar's cloak. So it's the thing that keeps him warm. It's the thing that he uses to sleep on at night. I mean, this is like a very important possession to him. And and as soon as Jesus like come here, he's like, boom, jump up, beeline, I'm getting to Jesus. His faith caused him to be desperate to get to Jesus. That is one of the goals of his faith. And so uh, then Jesus says this thing to him. He says, uh, he says, what do you want me to do? And the guy's like, I want to see. But then Jesus says, receive your sight. And then your faith has 
healed you. Brent, do you remember from previous sermons? Do you have any guesses from previous sermons on what that word healed is uh, in Greek? I don't remember Come what the on. word healed is you in Make Greek. me look like a bad preacher here in front of all of our friends and family. No, uh, I'm just kidding. There's no way. You're making me look like. No way. I don't pay attention you're to You're making me sermons. look like a bad preacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, it's the word soto, which is the Greek word for salvation most of the time in the New Testament. So like the big salvation. And and I am somebody who believes here that, that this man received salvation from Jesus. The guy, I love this. The guy simply wants his sight, but Jesus gives him salvation. And I think it's important to pause here. Like I do in almost every sermon and just talk about that, that Jesus offers us salvation. I think so many of us right now, you know, we want like, we want the pandemic to end. We want all the political fighting to end. We want the fires to end. We want the smoke to end. Uh, we want the, if we have bad job situation, we want that to end. Uh, and Jesus might, you know, do those things for us. But the greater thing that he offers everyone, even if he's not choosing to do, you know, the miracles you want, the greater thing that Jesus offers to everybody is salvation. It is eternal life in heaven. And, and if you don't know, he did that by coming to earth and he, he died for your sins and he came back to life. And in doing so, he conquered both sin and death. And all you have to do is place your faith in him like this guy did. You have to just believe that he did those things and then, and then say, you know what? I'll follow you. We'll see this guy do that in a second. I'll follow you, Jesus. And then you get, you get salvation. You get an eternity in heaven where there's no more smoke or fires or sickness or death or pain or suffering and all those things. And so, so this guy wants his sight, but Jesus gives him salvation. He gives him the greater gift. And, and then what happens next is I think so important in Luke 18, 43, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. When all the people saw it, saw it, they also praised God. I love that. It's like so instantaneous, like he places his faith in Jesus and, and for him that means he's gonna like in a very literal sense follow Jesus and in a spiritual sense, that's what it means for us too. But this guy just like leaves his world behind and I didn't talk about this at the beginning, but Jesus is moving towards Jerusalem where he'll die, the triumphant entry will happen, all the stuff that happens during Holy Week will happen. Uh, and this guy just gets up and he follows him and he ends up being probably at the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and you know, maybe witnessing some of the incredible events of Jesus last uh, week. Uh, and, and it's all because he places his faith in Jesus. And then the goal of that faith becomes getting to Jesus and glorifying Jesus. And so this man is like, I'm just going to get on the road with all the crowd. Like, I'm not going to stay here and do this anymore. I'm going to go with this man. And it says that as he's going, he's praising God. He's he's glorifying, that's the actual word, glorifying God because now God has worked in his life and, and given him both his sight and his salvation. And then that spurs other people on to just start praising God. And, and it's interesting to me that the words are different here. And uh, I didn't get into this too far, but but this guy's like, I think it, his worship is genuine and the other people maybe that their, uh, their praise is, is not so genuine. It's lip service. But but for this man, it is. He is trying to glorify God. And you've heard me talk about this. You've been around our church. We serve a glorious God. Uh, the glory of God is really the manifestation of his holiness, all the things that make him bigger and better and different than humans. And, and you know, from everything you see in creation to the, the, the words of scripture, to the way he works in our lives, it demonstrates 
how holy he is. We see his glory. And as, as people, we were created to experience that glory and to express that glory. That's what the goal is of our church, is to, to help you experience and express God's glory. And this man, immediately upon having faith, he wants to express the glory of God with his voice and with his action and following Jesus and probably just in the way he talked to others about Jesus. He wanted to glorify Jesus. And and, and so what it shows us, what it so clearly shows us is that if there, if we could describe a goal for faith, it would be to get to Jesus and to glorify Jesus, to get to and to glorify Jesus. There's a ton we can learn in this passage. I'm not going to uh, talk about a bunch of those things today, but but overall, it, it's just this. We're, we're finishing this series on faith. I hope it's been an important series for you. Uh, and you might leave and go, well, I'm not going to remember, you know, I'm not going to remember all of that. Like there's been, you know, 10 weeks of stuff about faith. Like what am I supposed to do with all that? And I think if you could just remember that the goal of faith is to get to and glorify Jesus, then it's going to help you, it's going to help you live by faith and not just have faith. So how does that mean on a practical level, Bryn? Let me tell you. Um, It means this. It means that when the world is trying to prevent you from like spending time in prayer, for example, like just worshiping God, being with God, interacting with God, you know, whether it's because you're staying up too late watching a movie or because people are saying that doesn't work or uh, because your job is pushing you to work harder. You you have to remember, you know, because you have two kids that are young, um, you have to remember that, that the goal of faith, one of the goals of faith is just to get to Jesus. And you have to be desperate like this guy, Bartimaeus, to get to Jesus. And then when you live your life and you're like, like, okay, well, what does it mean to to live a life of faith in this situation? You know, how do I respond to this political argument online? How do I uh, minister to my neighbors? How do I deal with the sickness I'm dealing with? Then you just, you you step back and you go, okay, the first goal is to get to Jesus if I'm going to live a life of faith. But the second goal is to show people, to show the world, to express the glory of God, really to bring God the worship and the honor that he deserves. And so uh, the goal of faith is to get to and glorify Jesus with me.